one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are... A, a Very, very British, British Horror. Welcome back. I've had a lovely summer. Have you had a lovely summer, Paul? I did have a lovely summer, thank you. Excellent. So that's... Uh, Not on. horrific at all. In any yeah, way, no, it wasn't. It was just... It was, it was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, that's why we need to delve back into horror. Yeah. And we should get straight back into horror by talking about tonight's non-horror film. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Uh, we're talking about a film about a someone who directed some horror. Yeah. It's the 1998 film Gods and Monsters. And this is our first art house film, I think. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. You can't count the bride as art house. I think this is our first <laughs> art house film. Uh, this is also the first film we've talked about that actually uh, won an Academy Award. So, you know, this is serious stuff. We're basically film professors for one night only. Well, we talked about The Omen, that won an Academy Award. See, I don't know anything about Phil. No, <laughs> what do you know? Did it? Oh, for the yeah, sc- for the score. Oh, Jerry, yeah, Jerry yeah, Goldsmith, you know, you're, you're, you're right. But this one, best adapted screenplay. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Well, not really, because Oscars aren't really a valid award for anything. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it gives it some credibility among some people. Um, yes, uh, so let's have a quick rundown. What's Gods and, Monst- Gods and Monsters about? Okay, right. Well, it's about someone who you may have heard of or may not have heard of because... It's a radio DJ. No, not not a radio DJ. I'm quite confused then. You'll have, okay. to, you'll have to explain a bit more. So, yeah. So, basically, it's it's about a horror director called uh, Dave Lee Travis. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I'm joking. It's about a uh, the horror director, James Whale. Um, who's most famous for directing the Universal Frankenstein films. Universal, the first two, two, yes. So Universal, you say? Yes, Universal. Are they British? So is that British? Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Is that British? I was trying to beat you to it. You're just jumping in and interrupting. I know, that's kind of, yeah, that's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to up our game now, Paul. We're going to have to up our game. So why why are we discussing um, an American film? We're, we're not, because we're discussing an Anglo-American film about a British um, person in Hollywood. Okay. Um, played played by Ian McKellen. Sounds good. And and you, you know we've avoided the golden age, as it's called by not by Americans or horror, i.e. the Golden Age of Hollywood's horror films, um, because we don't really consider them British. We did a podcast about the Ghoul, which was yeah. kind kind of the the the, Brit, the, the actual British version. Yeah. But um, Frankenstein wasn't that written by a British person? Isn't that it was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. James Whale, he 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 was he was British and. Uh, yeah. Boris Karloff, where did he come from again? Oh, I think he <laughs> might be from over here. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think... So he was born in India, wasn't he? Or somewhere like that? Have I got that wrong? Uh, I think it was in... It was of Indian extraction, wasn't he? I don't know yeah. if he was actually born in India. I think he... Uh, well. All right, go on. <laughs> we can look that up. Uh, anyway, um, 
we're not on this occasion actually talking about one of those films but, no. but we, are, we are talking about a British film about horror I think that's fine we can talk about what we want anyway <laughs> yeah of course we can um, so but there's, there's more there's, there's actual stories to this film which is that James Whale is recovering from a stroke in the 50s in the mid I think yeah the it's the mid mid 50s it's not exactly clear when this film is set, but um, it certainly ends in 1957. So yeah. this is this is yeah, kind so of late sort of 56 mid, mid, to mid early 57. Yeah. Um, and re- recovering from a, from a stroke, he gets um, it, in, he's long retired from his, yeah. his Hollywood career. Um, he gets interviewed about about Frankenstein, his Frankenstein movies. Uh, by some film student, obsessed with those, and he's more interested in his new gardener, his new yard man. Yeah. Um, so, who's a fictional uh, character called Boone? Yeah, Clayton Boone. Um, played, um, played by Brendan Fraser. Yeah. So this this film is based on uh, a, a novel, isn't it? That's that's uh, is the, uh, this fictionalized, uh, yeah. partly fictionalized account. Of, James Whale's last uh, a novel by last I think, few, I think few the author's times. name is Christopher Bram and the yeah. novel's called The Father of Frankenstein that's right which I, I have to say I think is a, an awful title yeah um, not not particularly because uh, I think that the Frankenstein con- connection is um, insulting to James Whale obviously he's most famous for yeah. it but you know Frankenstein was written by Mary Shelley and um, so, so yeah. So, 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 so I think if you, you're going to say that that that, that Frankenstein was actually created by a man, I think that you're probably on dodgy ground, and you probably shouldn't say that. And I think so well, one of the you're things basically saying it's a sexist book. Well, no, no, I'm not. I've never read the book. <laughs> but I'm saying it's a title that has immediate issues, and the filmmakers um, very wisely changed it to Gods and Monsters. Which is um, a quote from the Bride of Frankenstein. It is, yeah. So, so, uh, and it's kind of—I don't, don't know. It, it is, it is sort of relevant, but you see, this is our house, so it's subtext now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we talked about probably twenty-five films, and we haven't had subtext before. But you know, we get, well, <laughs> not deliberate subtext, but so we're going into. Into the realms, you know, of, you know, oh, I don't know, <laughs> stuff we don't really know anything about. But, well, <laughs> um, um, and James Whale as well, um, he just, he he's behaves very strangely because mm. of, because of the, the strike. It's kind of interesting. This is, uh, um, Played by Ian McKellen, so brilliantly, but it's a guy who's kind of um, really engaging and funny, but then yeah. very, very erratic. Yeah, and I think I think so. He he's he's, he's essentially the, the the stroke has got to the point where he's essentially struggling with his sort of mental faculties and and, and having. So, so it's not said, but the, the way moments. I read this is some kind of dementia. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that, that sort of thing, that sort of thing being 
manifesting itself is is reasonably common after having a stroke or can be. So um, yeah, but there's a scene, a short scene in the doctor's surgery where yeah. the doctor doesn't actually say this. Um, but Kellen says this yeah. that, he, that he's never going to get any better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, he, so he's, he's 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 sort of morose about this. He's um, he's he's almost all alone. So yeah. he um, has split from his long-term partner. Yeah. And he lives with a housekeeper, played by Lynn Redgrave, um, some, some kind of nameless European place she comes from. Hungary. Is that a real place? Hungary's a real place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, had, she hasn't eaten a lot. I visited it earlier in the year, so European, I didn't no, go to an imaginary we place. Take these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so she's got some random Eastern European accent. Uh, but but all, all brilliantly researched Eastern European accent, probably. Um, yeah. She's a proper actress as well, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> these are not used to these people. And a British, <laughs> British actress as well. Indeed. Um, one of the famous Red Grave fans. Yeah. But she's probably one of the least famous ones, isn't she? I think she didn't she win an Oscar. I think she did. She may have done, but it's, I'm not sure she's she's that, the the most famous of the. No, that would be Redgrave, Vanessa, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. One of the others. Let's <laughs> not. This isn't rate a Redgrave, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll yeah we'll move on from that and um, the interview. Just, just going to go quickly through the the interview um, at the beginning or towards the beginning with the film student. Um, turns immediately because James yeah. Wells is just like, yeah, I'm bored of this. I'm not going to tell you anything unless you start taking your clothes yeah. off. And so it becomes a kind of strip interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which the uh, it's the film student guys. Happy to go. Yeah. I guess at this point we should probably say that James Whale was openly gay. Yes. Which is quite unusual for given the time period he lived in. Um, not unusual that anyone was gay, but unusual that people were quite sort of open about it. And one of the questions that this film student guy, who's not a major yeah. character, whose name I forget, asks is, you know, did you stop? Um, being a director because of scandal, like, yeah. But but the answer is no, no, nope. Like, and the, later on, he did the, he does talk about why he stopped directing. Yeah. It's absolutely nothing to do with his personal life. No, no. And that that's a, I think that's 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 a real fact as well, isn't it? That, that there wasn't. I don't think there was any any sort of scandal. That's absolutely. Um, but right. it's just that it's quite interesting that there's an, that assumption that there would have been. Uh, because of the fact everybody knows, um, you know, his particular sexuality, so yeah, people just assume is, that. So th- this is Hollywood. It's not yeah. Victorian London. So this isn't uh, the Charles Oscar Wilde type thing at all. It's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's not it's not a big yeah, deal. But exactly. So the, the characters get gay, and the major. Um, well, he, because he's he, he occasionally likes to shock, um, yeah. But the, the actually the major plot point is you know is he interested in Brendan Fraser because he's a young handsome man and he tries yeah. to get him to to 
to, to pilot stream because the plot just just goes on. Um, after the interview, uh, James Miles taken ill because he's ill. Yeah. Uh, um, but then he becomes interested <clears throat> in the yard man. Yeah. And uh, starts talking to him and says, "Oh, you've got a very uh, uh, unique cranium. Uh, yeah. Would you model for me?" Yeah. And, and then 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 he's like. Um, Oh, your shirt—it's too bright. Could you take that off? And you go, yeah, oh, "Here we yeah, go." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and but it starts along those sort of lines. I but know, then, it's, but then, but then, then it, it it completely diverges. Yes, yeah. it, you know, I mean, he's not just a creepy old man getting off on the no, um, no. yeah, um, a handsome member of staff. He's he mm. he, he is. Um, he is befriending Clayton and getting close to him because yeah. he has a purpose, which is totally yeah. Well, which is uh, we'll, which we'll get to, but then I think what to continue the plot. Um, what I remember of it. Yeah. <laughs> I like I watched this film like three days ago, so um, <laughs> it should, should be all right for remembering it. Yeah. Um, they. They fall out, um, Clayton and, and, and Jimmy, um, because um, Whale goes a bit too far and starts mm. talking about um, uh, gay stuff, and, and Clayton's uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And then we get a bit of a glimpse into Clayton's life. Yeah. And he's a loner. He can't relate. He's got this like kind of on-off. Off again, yeah. Uh, yeah. G- girlfriend and his friends doesn't seem to be friends with his friends. No, no. <laughs> and, 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 and he's a he's a boorish yeah. and unpleasant to this waitress who yeah yeah um, who's been his girlfriend at some point, um, and she's unpleasant to him back. It's like he can't relate to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at this pub, where well, sorry, bar, a bit of bar in it. They um, they're watching Bride of Frankenstein and. Yeah. And, and he quite likes it. He's quite well. He's the interesting thing is that, that that all the other his friends are all mocking it and laughing at it, but he's actually finding the the, the sort of more sympathetic level in the film and, and, and relating to it on a, a more sort of emotional level. That's that's right. And then um, because James Whale and his housekeeper mm. are watching it as well. Yeah. yeah. She's just like this is rubbish. I don't want to watch this rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just remembering the good yeah. times he had making it. Exactly, and he's he's sort of chuckling away because it is quite a funny film, and he's a, he has intentionally made it funny. And this 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 scene, I think, is meant to represent the, the different um, responses to yeah. to horror, which not. Um, I mean, so it started out, okay, this is great, and then as society moves on by the 50s, this is all cheesy. Yeah. And that, so, so Clayton Boone's enjoying it for what it is. He's a bit more of a... Um, in, 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 in some ways, he's, he's not that um, cynical. He has, he, he's quite... Uh, yeah. He's quite naive, isn't he? So he can, yeah. enjoy, he can enjoy a horror film without being laden with... Yeah, yeah. Uh, cynicism about about it, like his friends are, um, uh, and it also takes him quite a while to work out yeah. that, that James Wells gay, and that the whole portrait yeah, thing yeah. might be a bit dodgy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's quite not 
he's quite, quite naive. So, um, and and then, um, but by the fifties, in the cycle of horror, I mean this was Abbott and Costello meet Dracula. That, that was the end end of the forties, exactly. wasn't it? I mean, we're yeah, starting but, to but, get uh, well, it, in it, the mid fifties. You know, well, yeah, fifties. Yeah. You're starting to get all the atomic <laughs> monsters and, and that yeah, kind of. I mean, so, so the, 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 the cycle of, the, I mean, the golden age, Hollywood age horror films, had completely come to a stop. Yeah, uh, because there was just no way to get people to suspend their laughter. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, over familiarity and stuff, and then um, I, I, I think that's quite important because um, I think there's, there's, some, there's something in the, in, in, in the film about that, that I think relates to. Um, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back to this. I think it relates to actually what happened next in, in horror. Um, okay, but but anyway, for now. Um, I think Clayton goes back to see James Whale, and yeah. they, 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 he says he's sorry, and yeah, yeah. And, and and they 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 start again, and uh, James Whale's been invited to a garden party, yeah, uh, which is actually with uh, randomly um, <laughs> uh, a garden party being hosted by George Cuckle, yeah, uh, yeah, big Hollywood director, obviously. Uh, for Princess Margaret, he's yeah. seeing Hollywood, <laughs> and um, so there we go. We have royalty in it. Yeah, yeah we do. Um, and and <laughs> Whale takes um, takes Clayton to the party, just <laughs> like basically as his date, which is brilliant. <laughs> and they go up to um, to Puckor and Princess Margaret, and and uh, immediately. Um, I mean, James Wells deliberately trying to scandalise them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so this is my gardener, Mr. Clayton Boone. <laughs> he's he's never met a princess before. Yeah. But plenty of queens. <laughs> uh, so that that yeah. And then um, then we get a scene where uh, at the garden party where. Elsa Lancaster and Boris Karloff. Yeah, yeah. And you get this amazing um, impression of Karloff from a guy called Jack Betts. <laughs> yeah, no, he's fantastic. Cause he, um, that, I mean, the makeup uh, they use on him is, is brilliant, and I think does a fantastic job of making him look exactly like Karloff. Yeah, and there's no actual close up, but it's no, it's really, but it's, it, it's, and it's it sounds, good enough, and he and like he sounds it. like him as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but he, it's only a very fleeting appearance. Yeah, although I mean, he's he's quite insulting about Karloff earlier on. Not insulting, but kind of says he's boring earlier in the film, doesn't he? Do you remember? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and and then it starts to rain, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, all all the way through, we've had the. Um, I mean, I mean, Wales' mental condition's got worse. He's yeah. hallucinating more and he's finding it... Remembering difficult. a lot of his... Or, or sort of having flashbacks to his uh, childhood and... Yeah. And the first And a time war. in the First World War as well. He's actually served as an officer in the trenches, so... He, did, he saw he, a lot of horrific stuff. And that starts coming back to yeah. him in the form of hallucinations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and um, I think and we also learn basically why 
his career ended, and it was mm. because um, <clears throat> after Bride of Frankenstein, he made a very successful film called Showboat, yeah. and then he wanted to make a World War One film, yeah, um, with the road back, yeah, but um, it actually upset Nazi Germany. It was kind of a um, it was supposed to be an indictment of war and yeah. uh, it was a follow-up to quite an Eastern Front, but the Germans weren't happy about what it, yeah. how it showed yeah, yeah. Germany, and and um, so it ended up being butchered um, by the studios, and then uh, released and was a big flop, yeah. and he got blamed for it. And then he said that you know he can never get the the um, the big projects yeah. after that. And well, I think as well, it, it sort of seems to suggest that he fell out of love with it all. You know, that, that was his big project and yeah, just, just never, lost the kind of... Never recovered from the disappointment. And, and, and that, that had happened 10, 15, 15 years actually yeah. before the event, events of this, this film. Um, and obviously, so showing there's not scandal at all it was actually the, the old story of studio interference yeah yeah <laughs> um so then the the film winds up to um a conclusion and um spoilers 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 it's kind of revealed that actually what Wales trying to do is um provoke Clayton into killing him or persuade him yeah. or whatever yeah. because he said he's, he's had enough Yeah, and Clayton just like no I'm not going to do but, it but with that though do you think that was because I think that's interesting and I, do you think that was his intent the whole time or do you think because that's that's quite calculating that was or do you think that was just something that sort of almost came out of that particular moment where he, he's he's sort of um uh, I, I think the implication is that that's been the whole purpose of their yeah. relationship. Okay. But that because I that wasn't actually, too sure. But that actually, um, Clayton won't do it because no. he like well because not. I don't think it's a moral decision that he wouldn't do it. It's just he likes James yeah. well too yeah. much by this point. Yeah. And um, and I, I think um, well, what happens is James well. Um, drowns himself in a swimming pool um, without any help and he he was and that is actually what happened to him he did actually commit suicide by by drowning in a pool in in his swimming pool at his home a swimming pool he never used himself yeah because he he didn't swim yeah (laughs) he he had like pool parties and things but yeah (laughs) Um, and um, then there's like a few years later um, Clayton is Married with a kid mm. now, and Brian Frankenstein's on TV, and he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah." If I ever tell you I knew that guy, and they're like, "Oh, Dad, ridiculous," yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he has to take the trash out. And so, yeah, but but, um, but what we've actually seen is that um, the the whole loner thing's gone. The whole way of relating to the way yeah. we couldn't relate to people is gone. It's like James Worth has kind of shown yeah. how to connect with people. Okay, so. One big thing in this, if we go back to the sort of subtext, one the big things in this is is that Clayton is essentially a stand-in for the monster. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I know, but I don't get it. 
I do you mean, not? Well, it's sick. I mean, do you not think that that's the whole point of the, well, no, being I, the loner I, and yeah, no, disconnected I, from people? Oh, I do, I do. Because the monster also goes on that journey. I, I do. And, I, I, I get and, that. And I doesn't that, kill its creator, I, I, if you I, see I, what I mean. I get that. And, and, and then there's some quite, I mean, it, quite, it becomes just text by the end of it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but also I think it's a bit of a, it's a little bit of a little bit of a stretch. It doesn't have to be it, like that. I, I, I think the thing is, I think I think it's one of these things that that that, that metaphor perhaps works in in lots of instances or particular kind of points in the film or the story, but not all the way through. Yeah. But I don't know whether it is, it's kind of. I think it's one point actually. One someone in there actually mentions that idea that he's the monster don't they, yeah, they, do. they, they yeah. but but it, it's sort of very it, it's signposted anyway I mean just from the fact that the, th- the, thing, the thing is right I mean it, just it just silly things some... like like his hair he, he, throughout all of this thing and it's interesting at the end as well throughout all of the, the film he, he, he sports this kind of very spiked up hairstyle which gives him an essentially flat Top to 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 his head, yeah. which I think is deliberate. Yeah, and then obviously when he when he's free and he's no longer the monster, I say doing air quotes. He he's um, at the end he he's got a normal hairstyle that's flattened I, down. I just, yeah, I get that. I, I see that. I know that they that's part of the film. Yeah, it's the one thing I don't particularly like about the film. No. it's just like. Why is he the monster? He's not a monster. He's just like a guy. <laughs> what that? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and I don't, I don't. So, 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 I, I don't. I think. It, I think it is it, part of the film. I just. Don't I mean, there's other other hints it. as well. There's a bit where there's, there's a scene where um, Clayton is is washing his face in a bowl and staring at a reflection. Of his face oh, yeah, in the like bowl of water, bride. which is like, bride, yeah. is that in Bright? No, I think that's in Frankenstein. Well, it's definitely in Bright because I watched it today. It okay. might be in Frankenstein as well. <laughs> There's a similar thing in, in, in exactly, Frankenstein yeah. where he's, he's he's viewing himself. In I think in in, in Bride, he sees his reflection in a pool of water and goes ah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I could be getting them mixed up because I haven't seen them for a long time, and they they're kind of both quite similar, except that Bride's more crazy. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I don't. What I found that this. Well, okay. I think I think let's be let's be methodical. So um, Ian McKellen, fantastic. I mean, it is a fantastic performance, isn't it? I think I think I think that I think the the three sort of principal cast members are fantastic. I think they're all great. So. Um, so, Ian McKellen's obviously brilliant. As yes. you'd expect. Uh, so it's a bit more of a controversial view with regard to Brendan Fraser, but it's correct. Yeah. I, I would say, and I'm going to go on a limb here, he's even better in this than he is in Furry Vengeance. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, it's, it, I mean, because Brendan Fraser, yeah, he's crap, isn't he? I mean, you know, he was in like one good film. Apart Georgia from the, the Jungle. Not that one. The Mummy. Because the, the, that, <laughs> that, that, like, which is a. I guess an interesting link that '90s remake of the Universal horror film *The Mummy*. What's the one that, with the with bone all... in the title? Funny bone. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then, 
Uh, no, the Mummy <laughs> Two, the, the Mummy Returns is rubbish. Yeah. The Two of the Dragon Emperor I've never seen. I'm sure that's rubbish. Like basic. I mean, you know, my Fairy Vengeance is. You know, my son likes it, but uh, <laughs> that was a, quite a big bomb, wasn't it? Um, and obviously, he's disappeared. It's like it's not like yeah. you can see a Brendan Fraser film if you want to these days. No. But here, it's good. He yeah. It's good. Like he, I mean. Uh, I mean, he he so he, he so he can he can act maybe yeah. as a as a star as a big yeah. genuine movie star possibly made a few bad choices but yeah. an actor yeah good yeah I don't think he manages he does put a lot of sort of subtlety into that that role um, and and is is you know is fantastic in some of the, his expressions and uh, and yeah no he, he's he's really good. And the other person is, is Lynn Redgrave, who I think is fantastic as well. But very, very uh, in, in a character that could well be end up ended up being very kind of ridiculous and over the top, and it's still a little bit like that. But but it it's not it does, her her character doesn't quite again. There's lots of sort of subtleties to her character and lots of shared looks between her and um, McKellen and that, and it's. It, yeah, she's she's great as well. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. So it's very, it's a very strong base. Yeah. Um, but you've got. Um, it's interesting looking at the timeline of uh, McKellen's career because this is before the X Men. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I remember him in the nineties as this great stage actor who could never quite make the tra- transition yeah. to being a film actor. So. Yeah. Uh, he made the Richard the Third film, yeah, um, which was all right. It was quite good, but it was yeah. more of because his about putting his famous performance as Richard the Third onto the, the big screen. Yeah, yeah, he'd been he'd been in films for what's the what's years. the Brian Singer film? That, is that Apt Pupil? Is that the one? Yeah, that was that's a similar kind of time, but yeah, I mean, that's rubbish. <laughs> Apparently, I've never even seen was it. Was he in Scandal as well? He, yeah, he plays Profusion. Yeah, I think Scandal? so. Yeah. That's quite a long time before. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's in The Keep. He's like the I, I, I third main I love that film, although I've not really seen that since. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's brilliant. Um, oh, brilliant. Cause, cause, yeah. I, I watched that like six months ago. That's It's, it's very... The Keep is probably my favourite Michael Mann film. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for some reason, McKellen does an American accent in it. Oh, okay. He's playing um, an Eastern European character, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, um, so I mean, that's eighty-three. So this right. is fifteen years yeah. later, and, and yeah, he, he's still not the big star. No. Um, but he's getting closer to it. And yeah. In fact, he'd already like um, laid the groundwork because um, at, at pupil. Yeah. Well, Brian Singer got the X Men gig. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to get to play Magneto? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And as, as soon as Ian McKellen um, was in X Men, that, that was our uh, A list. Yeah. Of course, he got yeah, exactly. Gandalf. Yeah. 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 And, and he's. Yeah. And yeah, then and did loads of silly videos with Patrick Stewart. Which are his greatest achievement. Yeah, obviously. And, and I think um, Damien Lewis um, made a reference to this um, said something like oh you know I've got to keep up um, being a star because I don't want you know if you don't quite make it and then you get to a certain age then you end up just playing playing wizards <laughs> and he was, he was thinking about like uh, <laughs> this, this kind of 
uh, famous, yeah. almost within acting circles at least, failure of McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, obviously, that's a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, I think God, God and Gods and Monsters um, benefits a bit in retrospect from the having back the right horse, picked yeah. this great actor yeah. and said, yeah, he can do it in films. Well, it, it, it and he, be, he's a great film actor. It would be one of, yeah, I mean, it would be one of those um, films that if you pick the wrong actor to play Whale, it, it would be a complete disaster. Because it just really hinges on, on that. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I'm trying to think, there are very few scenes where he's not not in it. Because the, 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 the character is central through his eyes, more or less. There is that. There's some yeah. scenes yeah. with, with Clayton. Yeah, a very few. Just just so we see a bit more of him. Yeah, but yeah, that that is pretty much it. Um, I also want to say that the film was this film, God's Monsters, was directed by Bill Condon. Yes. Who? Um, Interesting career. Well, a very a, a career of extremes because yeah. he's directed two of the Twilight movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he then he, he directed the sequel to Candyman. <laughs> Farewell to the Flesh. Yes. Yeah, that was him. Wasn't that unwatchably awful? I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> I think I might have tried to watch it once. Um, and. He um, teamed up back up with uh, McKellen for Mr. Holmes. Yeah. Well, I think actually even better film. Yeah. In some ways. Um, that's like a elderly Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Lots of parallels with Gods and Monsters. The kind of loss of mental capacity. Yeah. Uh, in a slightly different way, it's the same. And there's there are some scenes that are... Um, there are lots of parallels, and in Gods and Monsters, there's a scene where James Well is shown directing Bride of Bride of Frankenstein to kind of show yeah. his pomp, yeah. To show you know that this is this is this is the guy, this is what he was like at the top of his game, and um, yeah. in Mr. Holmes, there's a similar thing, which is like, okay, we're going to go back yeah. 20 years and show, show Holmes like as you know him, and yeah, then yeah. and then come, and then count contrast it with this old guy you were watching there yeah um, but Miss Mr. Holmes brilliant yeah I haven't got around to seeing that yet and then um, uh, Condon's doing the Disney Beauty and the yeah. Beast the live action one with McKellen as the clock <laughs> okay because you know well obviously in Beauty and the Beast yeah. all, all the all servants yeah. get turned into things and yeah. he's the butler that gets turned into a grandfather okay. clock I don't know if Angela Lansbury is playing the teapot again. I think about might have recast that. Ridiculously. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, Beauty and the Beast, but uh, obviously it's a big film. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a lot of A-listers and proper actors and proper acting for us, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah. It's not, yeah. not quite what, we, what, we, what we're used to. <laughs> but yeah, I like this kind of film as well. Yeah. yeah, well, I went to see this at the cinema when oh, it wow. came out, which is quite interesting. I, I, not with I, me. I hadn't no, seen it. it wasn't until, with you. I, I hadn't seen it until. Uh, um, but yes, I don't, I don't quite. 
Not that I'm saying we have to see every film together. I'm saying I wasn't with you on that occasion. <laughs> Did we not? I thought I thought there was some legal agreement. We <laughs> well, <had>. yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I can't. I, I must say, I think I saw it up in London because I think it didn't have a very big release. Certainly not before the Oscar no. season came. I'm trying to remember where I saw it, but I really have no idea. But you but yeah. do this kind of thing, didn't we? You used to go up yeah, to the West yeah, End to see, to one, see one of these films. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I used to like that. Um, yeah, I didn't go and see Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, though. It's in a while. Didn't you? It's opportunity missed. <laughs> I don't think it was released at the cinema. <laughs> I did see Beyond Bedlam at the cinema, but that's that is another story. That's that's we're saving that for the uh, yeah the yeah the Craig the Fairbrass, Craig Fairbrass uh, retrospective yeah. we're going to do. Yeah, we are. That, that's going to be a good one. Um, okay, so I've got uh, well, I, I've got a couple of the high, not highbrow things to say, but obviously when you when you, when you <laughs> When you watch a film and it's a proper film like this, you start thinking in like, like proper film stuff and not yeah. like makeup and things. And and I I've got a link between James Whale and the well, there's, I, there's an actual link between James Whale and the to me the great period of British horror. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if you know about this. I I, I do. Right. Okay. All I can think of is that um, James Whale directed the Man in the Iron Mask. Oh, Lost, you, you know it. You which, know it. You know it. You know it. Which yes. might have had a certain actor in it that we're quite fond of. James Whale directed Peter Cushing's um, well, yeah, his, his film debut, debut his first yeah. ever film. Yeah. Was 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 um, the Man in the Iron Mask because yeah. Peter Cushing had um, essentially run away to Hollywood in, in the late thirties. Yeah. And uh, Man in the Eye Mask, which came after the road back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually was a hit, starring some guy called Lewis Hayward. <laughs> mm, don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but Peter Cushing's got got the um, was essentially uh, Hayward's screen double because right. obviously it's a dual role. <laughs> he was yeah, in, yeah. you know, the, the Evil King and the Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so so Cushing actually played Lewis Hayward in the scenes where Lewis Hayward was playing the other character. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and uh, so obviously they used uh, technological trickery to cut Cushing yeah. out uh, for that. And so it was Hayward in both sides of the screen. But then, uh, as a reward, they gave him the role of, like, Captain of the Guard or something. Okay. So he's got it. It's, it's, it's yeah. Like uh, yeah, so he's... So James Well set uh, Cushing on his way. Oh. Like, literally. Um, Excellent. Doing his first job, but um, I think there's another connection. Okay. We think that actually, Whale died. The end of this film when he died yeah. was 1957. Okay. But this, this is when the cycle had begun again. His era, the golden yeah. age. Gone through the oh, it's terrifying. Ban this filth. Yeah. Oh, no, this is quite good actually. Mainstream in it. Then to ah, this is hilarious crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 basically the careers of everyone involved. But, but over the whole cycle had gone through, and James Whale, kind of representing the death of that, died. Yeah. No. But at the same time, he had already given life to the next generation in the form of. Cushing and indeed as he died Cushing and the hammer stuff was absolutely exploding 
with Frankenstein. And then so Dracula. You're the almost whole, saying it's a parallel to the, and the Frankenstein whole thing story itself. again. And the era, actually the era that, that, that I love, the, the, to me, the golden age of horror, as opposed to the Hollywood golden age, including some horror films, yeah. um, had, had actually had begun and well had contributed in, in, in several ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, as, as well as the Cushing connection, um, of course, Hammer remade Wells films. That's how they. That's how they started. I mean, yeah. Curse of Frankenstein is a remake of Frankenstein, which yeah. is James Wells film. Yeah. So, so you know the whole Hammer thing. The the the, 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 the yeah. you know, quite quite a lot of things. Although um, Wales never worked in the, the UK film industry at all. No. Um, to, 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 to my knowledge, he, uh, he actually had um, made a successful play. He directed a play in the West End, hadn't he? Um, Journey's End, which yes. transferred to Broadway and then become a Hollywood film, and that's how he got into it. Uh, I, th- I think it's not absolutely true to say he has no connection with British no. horror. In fact, no. my view the opposite. Okay. Well, interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could probably write an essay on it. Okay. I'm not going to know because my my days of writing essays are well and truly over. <laughs> but it's the sort of thing I would write an essay. Yeah. About. No. Fair enough. Okay. Um, there is a a, a a Doctor Who connection to this. <laughs> oh, can there? How is there a Doctor Who connection? Oh well, um, McKellen's actually was in Doctor Who, wasn't he? So when was he in Doctor Who? Ah. Oh, ah, no, you was in the, um, that doesn't really count. Of course it counts, it was, the Christmas, it was that Christmas special with Richard E. Grant. He wasn't in that, was he? He's the, the voice of the great intelligence, isn't he, Ian McKellen? Is he? Yes! Really? Look it up, Ian McKellen, <laughs> voice of the great intelligence. Are you sure? Yes. I, I, was it an uncredited role? Uh, no... Uh, anyway, it wouldn't matter if it was uncredited, would it? Because you'd go, <laughs> oh, that's Ian McKellen's voice. <laughs> well... I mean, obviously not, but I thought that. Okay. Um, no, there is another uh, okay, well, thing as well. Okay, well, well, while you're verifying my claim about okay. great intelligence. I'm trying to verify that. It's not coming up in IMDb yet. But, hang on. He's in the Five Ish Doctors reboot. He is playing Gandalf. Playing himself. Oh, yeah, playing Gandalf. Oh, no, you're right, yes, he was the great intelligence. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So apart from that... I you on Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) So apart from that, there was was also um, another person connected with Doctor Who. Was it Brendan Fraser? (laughs) No. It was. In the flashback scenes when he was a child, his mother is played by Pamela Salem. Pamela Salem from Robots of Death. Robots of Death oh, and Remembrance uh, of the Daleks. And Remembrance of the Daleks. They were two of the very best of the classic yep. era of so Doctor Who. there we go. Oh, I didn't even... See, know. we couldn't get away with not having a Doctor Who reference. Pamela Salem, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Robots of Death. It's over, that, that could be construed as horror. Uh, the whole Hinchcliffe era could be construed as horror. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Maybe we can do a horror and Doctor Who. Or the premise of Mars. Yeah. Anyway, right, should we get back to this, uh, to the film in hand? Um, I'm trying to think, there were some things 
I was going to say about it, but I've completely forgotten because I was talking about Doctor Who things. I um, I think I've run out of things to say about this film apart from you know, I liked it. We yeah. might have to. Oh, the um, I was going to say is that I think we we touched on the sort of Boris Karloff makeup and how good that was. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to say one more thing about how great the in in the 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 flashback and the 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 weird sort of dream sequence, how fantastic the recreation of the the Frankenstein's laboratory. Yes, is. yes, that, that that's true. And apparently they did actually hunt down which other bits were still available from the original set and rebuilt other bits, which is quite cool. Yes, you know that 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 is done. That is done very well. In fact, I have to say, it matches so nicely. This is quite rare. You'll go. Is that from the film? Is that yeah. from the film? Is that new? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it's all done really well. In that there are there are bits of the actual Bride of Frankenstein film in in this film, and but they're all very seamless to any of the flashback bits. You don't. There's nothing glaringly obvious, and no one that. Is is obviously vastly different from the the film that it 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 takes you out of it and makes you think oh hang on that wasn't that that's different so so, so that sort of mix between recreation and the actual film works really well I think I absolutely agree and it, actually <laughs> I've not watched the film where that kind of footage has been weaved in in such a way that I've been confused as to which was which. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you've got to credit, because it was quite a low-budget film. It wasn't an expensive no. recreation. Um, well, they filmed it in about 24 days yeah, or something. Yeah, which, which is a more like a classic horror yeah. film schedule than yeah. a modern um, big-budget big production. Um, and it wasn't a big-budget production. It's obviously independent. Well... Sort of independent film. Yeah. Um, I do have one more thing to say. Actually, I, I remember now. Um, I think this film should be considered next to Edward, which is that fantastic, absolutely disastrously received Tim Burton film. Yeah. About about the terrible director Edward. I love that film. I love that. I, I love that. It was a, it was a big flop. I, it's one yeah, of my favourite. I think it's from the best Tim Burton yeah. films. Um, but obviously, obviously, Ed, Edward is not a significant what, director in any no, no, genre. No. But Bela Lugosi obviously is a significant actor. Yeah, yeah. And um, that that that. Well, it's as much the story of Bela Lugosi's last days. Yeah. As this is. James Wells. Yeah. It's really weird because you say that, and I, I was thinking at the time there were, in my mind, there were quite a lot of these sorts of sorts of films around at this time. Um, I mean, the th the things like Edward, and and um, I was thinking Shadow of the Vampire as well, the, which isn't quite so successful. Um, Shadow of the Vampire, no. But but actually, when I looked them up, Edward was ninety four, so four years before this and Shadow of the Vampire was about 2001 so there was actually quite a big gap between them all but in my mind there seemed to be this period where there was lots of this type of, type of 
So it's like a film. Shadow of the Vampire is the fictionalised version yeah. of the making of the Murnau Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. Which is... With, 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 but with the conceit that Max Schreck was actually was a vampire. He was actually a vampire, yeah. Um, which is a great, great idea. And I think a lot of people, myself included, were lured in thinking this was going to be brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, it's not. No. <laughs> so that... But yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, it's all right to fictionalise a bit, but yeah, it, yeah, I don't really understand what the point of that film was. No, no. So, so I thought that this was—I thought they were all very uh, around the same type time period, but they're, they're, they're sort of not really. Well, in in, in cinematic terms, they are the same kind of era, aren't they? I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there's a there's a much better but uh, uh, the Vampire to me um, kind of inspired what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you've seen that. I actually. haven't seen that yet. I do. I do again on Netflix. Like to see it's that. a New, Ze- New Zealand vampire yeah. parody, which has like a, like a group of vampire housemates, one of whom is like the Nosferatu okay, dark yeah, star vampire, yeah. vampire. Um, and uh, I think it's really funny. Yeah, I keep meaning to watch it. I haven't, haven't got around to seeing it. <laughs> Recommend it. Okay. Um, our questions make no sense in the context of this film. Yeah, no. I, I, okay, so what what I think we will do is is I'm not entirely sure. I think mix it up a bit. I think maybe we 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 abandon the questions for for now, and we 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 perhaps have a go at giving it. A score of some sort. Oh, okay, a score. So, I reckon what we what we'll do is we'll do a score out of five. Oh. So. This film, I think, we'll score out of out of Frankenstein's. So, how many Frankenstein's out of five would you? Get? I thought we were going like all Empire magazine and stuff, and then you, like, <laughs> and then you introduce the how many Frankenstein. It's going to change every single episode. <laughs> So out of five, yeah. I would say Peter Cushing, Colin Clive, Ralph Bates, Sting, and Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> that makes no sense. Five out of five. Okay, fair enough. See, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. You just rattled off. You said how many Frankensteins. Well, I suppose so. But all, that's played, not a number. They all played Frankenstein. I know they all played Frankenstein, but yeah. so so what we'll do normally as well we'll do we'll do a, a same, same rating for for scariness, but obviously. Hang on, no, no. I thought you. Go on. Um, how many Frankenstein's creatures out of five would you rate this film? Okay, um, I would rate it uh, a Karloff. Yeah. Um, a, a, a Lee. Yeah. Um, oh, can't remember anymore now. Let's have a Robert De Niro. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, oh, obscure one, Nick Brimble. Yeah, yeah, from Frankenstein Unbound. Yeah, you and you. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) So I'd say, yeah, that's that's four Frankenstein creatures out of five. Oh, bit of controversy. Okay, fair enough. So that's an average of four and a half. Yeah. So I think that's actually fair, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So that's half of Kenneth Branagh. 
Just <laughs> <laughs> into the mix. Um, you were going to ask about how scary it is. Well, obviously, because much of it isn't scary because it's not a house film. Well, there's no point in asking that, so I won't do that. But we'll save that for next yeah. next next time. Oh, um, will we? So then we'll probably have to say what we're going to talk about next time. We are going to say what we're going to talk about next time. Are you going to mention what it is? I'll have to remind myself of looking at your it's, list. It's, it's, I don't have a list. Don't make out that we've planned stuff. I'm looking but at it's... the list. Why are you denying this list in front of me exists? <laughs> but it is, it is related to this film. Well, we're going to be talking about Bride of Frankenstein. Yay. Which you spelled incorrectly on this list. Have I, I just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have, you. Yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> put Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, a little uh, tribute to Gene Wilder. Because there. after watching Gods and Monsters... I cannot stop myself from watching Bride of Frankenstein yeah. again. Absolutely. In fact, like I said, I was watching it today. Um, and, and, and it's it's justifiably a British film because, because it just is. Because it's a British film made in Hollywood, isn't it? Effectively. I, I've come round to that view. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how convinced our audience will be. But tell us, tell us on social media. Yes, you can. Yeah, good link. <laughs> yes, so you can tell us via Facebook page where we are very British horror, or on Twitter where where you can find us at very uh, yeah very Brit horror, or you can email us at very British horror at gmail dot com, or you could go to our blog very British horror. Uh, .wordpress.com You've completely forgotten <laughs> I have forgotten it, it's because it's been like <laughs> yeah, ages know, since we've done this um, and you can you can go there and, and, and leave comments um, also if you if you ever, if you feel like you want to write something up about this or any other British horror film or anything related to British horror you can send that to us at the email address which is again a very British horror gmail.com and we'd love to and, and we'll consider putting it on, on the, the, the website well, we probably will put it on the website we probably will this, do because we, sort of like we, we can't be bothered about, yeah. about Jewish conspiracy because quite frankly we, we don't have the time to write loads of content on there um, and, and the other thing I always forget to mention which we should start mentioning is, is, is if you really like what we do please 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 give us a like on iTunes and also tell all your friends about it as well if you have any friends. Which I'm sure you do. <laughs> so yeah, go and tell all your friends. If not, you can just kidnap people off the street and um, and, and, and tie that. them to a chair and force them to listen to it and then subscribe to, to the podcast. So go and do that. That'd be great. And on that point, Shell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Chris Denton. And uh, I'm still Pumunk. Good night. Bye-bye.